It is not healthy to suffer in silence. The Seven Figure Boss Podcast is finally here and it's all about ditching your detrimental thoughts to make the seven figure money through your dream business. I am your host, Adrian Velasquez, the original seven figure boss, and I'm going to be powering you with all of the knowledge you'll ever need to conquer your own limiting beliefs and to step into the life of abundance, joy, and guess what? Financial freedom. Aside from the one-on-one episodes, I am also bringing you insightful interviews with my million-dollar bosses who will teach you what it takes and how you can build your own road to generational wealth. So are you ready to step into the new chapter of the seven-figure journey with me? Welcome. I am so excited to be here, guys. I am your host, Adrian Velasquez, also known as the Seven Figure Boss. And I am excited about our guest that I'm having today. Not only is she the number one bestseller author, but she's also a speaker and a coach. And I just feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had because I hear so many women coming into the workplace where they don't address it. I feel like this is one of those closet conversations, but without further ado, I am going to bring y'all and she's not only a speaker, she's my sister. So I am going to bring the lovely Charlotte Delon to the stage. Thank you so much for having me. And I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> I told you the minute you told me the topic of this book, like the title, I just knew automatically it was going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. You know, I deal with a lot of, you know, clients that are physicians in the corporate world. And I'm just going to say it. A lot of them are women of color Mm -hmm. and they talk about the challenges in the workplace. And at first I just thought it was something that was just with my sisters. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized that it went over so many sectors, I was like, Oh yeah, this book is a hit. This is a no brainer. So what made you think about, like, just first of all, what had you create this book? I'll tell you, I've had a lot of experiences with dealing with trauma. I I tell people I have 30 years of experiences of trauma in this place. It started with my first job coming straight out of college. And I still remember the day when I walked into the office and this man yelled at me at the top of his lungs. I might've been on the job three days. And he, he startled me because of the way he yelled. But what made me write the book is reading an article about the different types of abuse women in general experience, but they talked about it. And, and I describe it as in the hue of the woman. So from white all the way to black. So Indian, um, non-Asian Indians, the black women, the Hispanic women, you name it, all of the in-between. And I said non-Asian, I meant like Vietnamese, Chinese. Right. And so when I started reading it, the the women that were African-American experienced the most egregious forms of trauma. Wow. And so this one particular lady talked about considering suicide 
had gotten that bad for her. So I realized I could no longer sit on my story. I mean, I kicked the can as far as I could. And then finally, I just said, you know what, no more. I need to share my stories because I want women to know, or people in general that are in the marginalized groups, that they're not alone. I've had quite a few men approach me since I wrote the book and said, you realize women are not the only ones who experience workplace trauma, but statistically, women are the majority that comes forward to share and explain that they are experiencing it, going to HR or the employee relations. And so I, I don't know why that is. I, I'm actually looking to collaborate on some work around understanding why women come forward more than men. Mm. But the reality of the matter is, is that women are coming forward because we are going through some extreme situations and in many cases contemplating suicide. Wow. So why do you think that this is like such a closet issue? I think personally, from my own experience, it was as soon as you speak up, it's taboo. And so it's not a true see something, say something. It is uh, people trying to, I call it, they, they call it gaslighting. There's actually a term for it where when you decide to speak up, people will try to convince you that it's a figment of your imagination and that it's yeah. not real. So if everyone around you is treating you like you're the problem and the bully, they say, oh, it's just Bob being Bob and you're the one that gets abused by it. people watch how they react to you deciding to speak up and if they don't react appropriately others decide to just roll with it until they can't roll anymore wow so this this leads me into the next question mm -hmm. so um you were saying that you know if this happens amongst other people yeah. bob being bob mm -hmm. why do you think that women are so just targeted with this, especially if they speak up? I think that it depends on the industry. And a lot of times it happens when you mentioned like doctors and, and different in industries like that, we're all considered STEM. So if you're in the engineering, the sciences, medicine, different things like that, those are industries that are predominantly men. And so, you know, for women, I have to believe for a long time, they thought it was good for hazing to make sure you could handle it. And, wow. you know, and so the more you can demonstrate that you can handle it, you find that some of those women will actually move themselves up the ranks. But the problem is sometimes those women become a part of the good old boys network. And you'll hear me talk about in my book, toxic masculinity. And so then you have woman on woman in those industries. And so it kind of um, magnifies even more because you have the men and the women choosing a target that they're going to come after. And wow. usually if you speak up, that will put the target on your back <laughs> bigger than keeping quiet. Interesting. So what would you give to somebody, some advice, if they were facing something like this besides read your book? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one. <laughs> right. But I will tell you, I, I just recently was talking with someone and she was going through some situations with her own boss and she, she considered it bullying. Not everything is bullying. Some things can just be conflict and personality. Mm. And so the first thing I do is say, you know, well, what is it about this person that is causing you to feel some kind of way? Is it, are they, are they saying you're incompetent even though you're winning? 
Are they saying you're average at best, even though you're winning? What, what exactly are they doing? And she was like, well, no, they're never that extreme. And I'm like, well, what is it that this leader's doing? Turns out they just, he, he just likes himself a lot. You know, well, there's going to be some people who really like themselves a lot and they get on, they get under your skin. They're super annoying. You got to figure out, can you roll with it? And if not, find somewhere else to work. But if you are truly being abused and you know the difference, a lot of times when you start to take away all those superficial layers, you might want to start documenting. Mm. On this day, I met with this person and this happened and who were the witnesses and all of those different things. It is so critical that you know how to um, protect yourself. And I will tell you, depending on where you are in this country, the laws will be different. So for example, in Texas, you have a six month statute of limitation from the time that you speak up to the time you actually um, go to court. So if anything happens, my, my mistake was I didn't know that, that there was a statute of limitation. I finally find a lawyer who was willing to take my case and she said, you got everything here from, from bullying to retaliation to you know, marginalization, discrimination. Problem is, is you've passed your statute of limitations. So you're going to have to go back to the job and start all over again. So I was going to have to start the abuse stuff all over again. And I just couldn't do it. And at that time, it's going back a lot of years. But at that time, I um, just when they tried it again, I just said I quit. Wow. So that's leading me to the next question. So why do you think you endured it so long? When you are a mom and you have, I was a wife at the time, uh, and we, we had a lifestyle that we had grown accustomed. The market wasn't great, much like it is today. The market's not that great. And so when you're out there trying to find you know, work, it's it's hard to find. And so then you're, you're saying, I don't have any options on the table. What I've learned is you always have options. I quit that job and I tried something I'd never done before and I was able to be pretty successful at it. Had I not gone through those experiences, I wouldn't even know that I was capable of doing something totally different. Like even being on this call with you, you know, that experience way back when has prepared me for trying many different things today. Wow. Wow. So was there any kind of like um, strategies, you know, that you put into place to help you cope? Yes. The strategies for coping, I think, is extremely critical. Part of your strategy might be get yourself with a person who can breathe life into you. Uh, I work out like crazy. And that is mostly because it helps with mental health. Um, I'm at the gym every morning. So people think I'm crazy. Uh, but, you know, years ago, I used to be at the gym 430 in the morning. Now I'm in the gym at 530 in the morning. But it helps release stress. I watch silly movies when I'm in those moments because laughter, it, it, it increases your endorphins and endorphins make you happy. There are just strategies I do to keep it light. And there are moments where it just doesn't keep it light enough. And I literally had to go get a therapist and my therapist helped me have a breakthrough. You know, I, I was able to sit down and really dissect what is it about this person that allowed me to get to this point of sadness because I was at a low of low. And it, it basically was, he was causing me to doubt myself. And when you're not grounded 
and who you are and what you're capable of, when you got someone constantly speaking negative things over you, eventually that stuff takes root because you start to really play that stuff. And I'm a firm believer, we reap what we sow, right? So if we sow seeds of sadness or disbelief that we can do anything else, it starts to manifest itself in every aspect of our lives. So true. So how do you think companies can be more supportive? Well, the first things first is stop telling people that they're lying. <laughs> If people, if people can pull for lots of witnesses to say these behaviors are happening, you know, I, I could tell you that that way back when example, when I went through all of that, HR said, yeah, everyone said that when this person yelled at you and came at you the way they did, they feared for your safety. Yeah, we see it as a coachable moment. Is it really? Because if the person was a non-executive, they wouldn't have seen it as a coachable moment. It would have been, you got one warning because I've been coached to coach people like that who were verbally abusive. This is your verbal warning. And if you do it again, it'll be grounds for termination. It's as black and white as that. No one should have to come to work every day and fear for their life. Wow. You shouldn't have to. And so if companies really, really want to help, and, and a lot of times they think helping the executive is helping helping the company but when you look at it through the CDC reports, right, they're talking about that of the people, like 70-something percent were women, 60-something percent were between the ages of 24 and I think 54 that were being abused at work. 22% needed to take off 31 days or more. And when I'm running basic math on, okay, what if the company has 30,000 versus 2.3, you're talking about the company could lose somewhere around... 2.3 million to three, $304 million, you know, and, and these are, these are salaries that still got to be paid while people are not working. So they're losing productivity and still having to pay. Yes. So if you really yes. want to save the company, take me out of the equation, but you want to save the company, do what you need to do with these toxic individuals so that you can create an overall healthy environment that's productive where people can come to work and be their best selves every day. Yes, I'm not going to tell every part about your book, but um, is one part in there that I feel like, you know, it is so profound because a lot of people think that when you think about bullying in the workplace, you always think about it being leadership. Mm -hmm. So can you tap in on that just a little bit that is not always who we think it is? Yeah, sometimes it's not leadership. It can be your peers. And, you know, I think you're talking back when my first job and they accused me of being white. And, you know, honestly, I didn't know what they meant by that statement. I mean, we grew up with black parents that were super grounded, Afros, the whole nine. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm like, I am clear who I am. And that's when I had to ask do you consider speaking ignorant as being black? Do you consider this? What's the example? And they're like, well, you know, no, I don't know. Cause if I did know, I wouldn't be asking this question. And they never accepted me because I wasn't black enough, you know? And so bullying can come. It's not always white against black. It's not always title against black. It's not old versus young. Bullying is a person wanting to exploit a vulnerability in you. They, they feel some kind of way about you. And usually they're feeling threatened. 
So the best way they can come for you is to try to tear you down and make you second guess yourself. Wow. So I had said that it was interesting when um, me and you were talking about when the release of this book came up, Mm -hmm. how was something tragic that Mm -hmm. happened at a company by us Mm -hmm. and how you were a little scared Mm -hmm. because you were like, I just don't know being that this person committed suicide Mm -hmm. due to the workplace. Um, what what is something that you can share with the audience that is listening? Because you know that there are people that I told you this book is going to pierce them. Yes. So I'll tell you, um, I always say, don't, it, it's not worth it to take your life. I'm, I'm a firm believer before I take my, I take somebody else's. So. <laughs> <That part>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will, Find your circle of people. It is so critical that you have your own, um, I call it your trauma toolkit, because if you if you don't have your trauma toolkit on figuring out how do you na- navigate these negative individuals, because they're negative, they're miserable, and they're going to want to take you out, they will. It's as simple as that. I mean, something I did, and I, I'll be forever grateful to this one employee. I My boss was riding me like it was nobody's business. And I had finally hit the lowest low I've ever experienced in dealing with bullies. And she said, that's it. I'm taking you to the beach. Wow. And I, you know, I was like, okay, we can't post pictures because she was an employee. But she knew I needed some R&R. And we just went to the beach and we just sat there and I just listened to the waves and that was therapy. At the end of the day, the bullies are going to be the bullies. If you got to leave the company, like I said, I quit that one job and I had no job. (laughs) I just knew my life was more important than going to work every day. It was kind of like live and try something new or die trying to stay where I was seated. And I just decided to live and try something new and surprise myself with what I was capable of doing. A lot of times we don't know what we're capable of, but we got to change the environment so we could figure it out. Wow. And I, I figured out I can do many things and I'm extremely resilient. And while, you know, a lot of times we feel like our lives are dependent on that job. It's not, believe it or not, you can create many different ways of reinventing who you are so that you can get back out there and be a blessing to someone else. It's not the end of the world. Wow. So you you just led me into the next question. And at first, you know what? I was just like, okay, how can corporate women, but you know what? I'm thinking about any woman in the workplace mm-hmm. being able to empower and help other women get through any kind of trauma and adversity. Yes. What tips would like, how would you say that they can structure that up to help out other women in the workplace? I feel, and I live by this, it is an each one reach one. If we're all making it our personal responsibility slash agenda to uplift other women or people in general, because the world we're living in right now, people are going through it. 
and, and, and it's like, all we have to do is just be kind, be willing to listen. Um, don't be the person that's always bringing the negative, like, but always be the person, be the person that sometimes people can lean into as well. This is an each one reach one. If we're all helping one another so that we can become better at what we are and who we are and what we do, the, it, it seems like the trauma would subside. The other thing that I will tell you for people who are witnessing bullying, these are things that I've heard and they are not, um, they don't make me feel good, <laughs> even though people think they do. They'll say things like, oh my gosh, you are so strong. I don't know how you put up with that. I couldn't have, or you know, things around how I might've handled my bully. If you see something, join forces with the person who's being bullied to say something. The other thing that I learned about um, the bullying and when you do see something, because I did have a team where everybody spoke up, what I learned is you can't speak up on the same docket, so to speak. So if I put in one and then y'all are all reinforcing mine, it's considered one. Wow. But if I do one and then you do one and then the next person do one, then it becomes a volume of situations where they have to address it because there's there's this larger number. It's not one with all these supporting pieces of evidence. And so if you see something, even if you want to do it anonymously, most companies have it where you can call a number and report stuff. Uh, do that if you're afraid to say something, because some people, I get it. It's a very scary thing to speak up when you start seeing someone being bullied because you feel like you might be compromising your own job. But you can go online and put the number in, put in a, a, an anonymous tip. These things are happening. And if multiple tips are coming in on the same person, then they right. have to address it. Um, but in terms of you, your life is not worth someone else's behavior. And, and it doesn't even have to be suicide that could take you out. I mean, it could be a nervous breakdown. I certainly felt like I was on the verge of one until I started taking care of mental health. People are having strokes, all kinds of health issues because of the levels of stress that they're under. So anything we can do help, to help each other, obviously let's do it. Okay, well, you keep on leading me into the next questions I'm thinking about accent. <laughs> so this one is, how important do you think it is for you to be proactive on your mental health? Oh, it's 100%. I am proactive on my mental health every day, all the way down to a glass of red wine every night. For real? Uh, <laughs> When I learned it's good for the heart too, I was like, okay, I got a twofer, heart and mind. <laughs> right. Uh, but getting up to work out every day, um, connecting with people, it is not healthy to suffer in silence. And a lot of times, I know the biggest mistake I made when I was enduring the bullying and going through all the mental stress is thinking I can handle it. Mm. Every person has a breaking point. So why wait until that person breaks you before you start to take care of yourself, be proactive in your mental health care. And a lot of times we are so busy trying to prove that we're strong and this other person's not going to take me out that it winds up taking us out without us even knowing it. Wow. 
So the reason why I was addressing, you know, I deal with um, a lot of women mm -hmm. and um, I deal with a lot of women in leadership. Mm -hmm. So I hear these stories constantly and I hear them a lot. You know, I've been self-employed, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, brand ambassador here and there, but pretty much self-employed my enti entire career. Mm -hmm. So I don't see it through the same lens that you all see it through. Mm -hmm. But they definitely tell me that is not enough women in leadership. Yes. How do you feel about that? Well, that's part of the issue, right? Because um, there's not enough. And for the ones who are, they don't reach back and pull forward. And wow. so when you have women that have the mentality, I got mine, figure out how to get yours, you know, and, and usually, I mean, some of the women, they go through stuff because yeah, they're lonely. It gets lonelier the further you go up the ranks. I know it's certainly lonely for me because I don't get to experience a lot of women. But believe it or not, when I do get to some experience, some of these women, they can be just as toxic, if not more so. But do you think because of the trauma that they've no, gone through? I don't. In the process. I think it's because they went through and got to the other side and they're like, I got my battle scars. Now you need to earn yours too. And... I don't want to earn my battle scars. I don't want you to earn your battle scars. If I earn them, then it should be enough for me and you. And so I want to reach back and pull forward. I will tell you the greatest part of my journey was my Mary Kay journey. Why? Because I got to, in, to experience an environment where when you take out competition and everybody gets to win, Women are the most amazing thing. They're like the, the most amazing beings when everybody can win. And so I took that with me back into corporate when I went back into corporate America, helping women to thrive and, and be able to find their voice. And I just got on this mission that I was going to be different in the engineering space. And I was going to demonstrate at each one. We reach one. I'm told all the time I'm different. And, you know, like it's kind of going back to that Dr. Seuss quote that I tell my kids, you know, why try to fit in when you were designed to stand out? I'm not going to fit in. I want to help other women thrive and succeed if I'm being put in that position of power to do so. And I think that until some of the women that have made it start to reach back and help to diversify, and I say break that concrete ceiling because it's harder for black women, <laughs> it's concrete, it ain't glass. The minute they start helping to pull back or advocate, and a lot of times women are afraid to advocate for other women because they're afraid of what it may look like. Well, nobody else worried about that. Let's start reaching back and helping each other. And then you'll start to see that you'll have a bench and eventually it'll become less lonely. But we wait for the man to help us versus doing what's necessary to help and advocate for ourselves. Mm. So what are your um, the most recent two favorite books that you're reading right now? Oh, my gosh. Well, Simon Sinek is always one of them. Um, hold on. I got my got my there's one book that I I'm reading that I absolutely love. It's on my Kindle. And um, the reason why I like the book is because she talks about advocating 
for yourself. Oh, maybe it's in my, I have multiple book repositories. Hold on, I got my Audible. Maybe that's where I put it. Yes, that's where it is. And the book is called, well, there's a couple, Inclusion on Purpose, but the one that I loved is Betting on You. And she's in the science industry where she um, works in pharmaceutical. And she tells a story about how we believe that we're supposed to give our jobs 110, 115% of ourselves. And what if we only gave 100? Or what if we only gave 75 and we preserved the other portions for ourselves? How different could we be? And so it started to shift how I think and how I actually navigate my life. And I've actually suggested this book to a few others. Nice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm going to come back in and I'm going to wrap it to the brand. So what made you create your brand mm -hmm. and what kind of brand is it? So my brand is the possibility coach. My business is called Fair Chance Consulting and they're both grounded mostly around women. Sorry, guys, but y'all don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> I still help the men. In fact, I was coaching one of my male clients earlier today. Um, but I, I find that I look at my daughter and my son and I say, son, why did you go out to do lacrosse? Because I thought I'd be good at it. Whereas my daughter needs evidence of a lot of things before she takes that first step. And so my business is about helping people to be able to find their fair chances without checking all the boxes. What if you really okay. considered the possibility? Right. And what I'm finding is that for everyone that I'm working with, they're not having to check every box, but they're seeing abundance. And that is very important to me because it was something that took me years to learn. So I'm like, OK, what if I could take all, you know, I scuffed my knees a lot on my journey. But what if I could take everything off and just give it to someone so that they can go faster than I was able to go? There's a reason why I went through everything so that I could give it away and help people to achieve what they're out to get faster. Nice. So what's popping with you right now? What can the audience look forward to seeing from you in the future? Well, right now, the biggest focus for me is getting my book on Audible. And everyone is, well, not everyone, quite a few people have suggested that I do it in my own voice. So I'm doing it in my own voice. And I'm a firm believer, I never tell people to do anything that I'm not willing to try myself. And so putting my voice behind my book <laughs> is very uncomfortable for me. But as I stretch and grow, it's going to help others stretch and grow as well. And so continuing to work with my clients, continuing to speak on platforms and be on more podcasts like this one. I, I'm just excited. I, I, there is no line or limit. I am just trusting God. And every time he reveals something to me, I just jump in with both feet. And if I fall, oh, well, but what if? You know? Yes. So how can they connect with you? My website is fairchanceconsultingllc.com. And so you can pretty much get to anything there. I have my disc certification. So if you wanted to do a personality assessment to really figure out how you work and how you can tie into others, um, speaking, my book, um, other videos, all that stuff is there on my website. Nice. Well, I just wanted to take this time to tell you 
Thank you. I knew that this book was going to be amazing um, from day one. I can see it helping so many men and women, and not only in the corporate sector, because it shows how you were willing to do the push, how you were willing to push against everything that was coming at you, you know, and not to call other people weak, but, you know, um, mindset is everything. Yes. And if you are not able to control what's up here, mm-hmm. it controls everything around you. And mm-hmm. so how I say it will control your money. It will control mm-hmm. your finances. You know, when you had something bigger than you, you know, mm-hmm. you had your children, one yes. that was looking up to you. You had a whole household and not only to mention also your team. Yes. You had a team that was looking at you mm-hmm. that wanted you to win. You know, so it was so true how you said God allowed for you to go through all of these things mm-hmm. because you would not have became the possibility coach. Can I just say one thing? You would not have read this um, wrote this book. Yes. Can I just say one more thing? A lot of times people think walking away is weakness. Walking away is not weakness. Walking away yes. is choosing you. And so if you're in that space where you're like, well, I don't want to be weak. I would say choose strength and choose yourself because that takes mm. courage. It's always easy to blame someone else or bank, you know, put all your stuff on someone else, but choose yourself and lean in. Yes. Self-love is the best love. Amen. Well, thank you again, Charlotte Delon. Y'all know where y'all can find her. She's on every social media platform from Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what about Instagram? Yeah, it's an automatic feed to Instagram. I am there. Okay. So y'all can find her on Instagram too. Um, also, if you're looking for somebody to come out as a speaker or to help you with your company, she's the one to go to. Thank you again, Charlotte Delon, for coming in today and sharing your info. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Appreciate you too. All right, guys. Well, I am super excited. Make sure that y'all go out and follow Charlotte Delon and also look at her amazing book that you guys can purchase off of Amazon. Um, if you are interested in being one of my amazing speakers on this Seven Figure Boss podcast, hit me up. You know, we are always looking for bosses. We are looking for people that have not only leveled up their business, but also leveled up their life and going out and making million dollar choices. Go out and have an amazing day. And thank you for joining us. Okay. So how did you enjoy this episode? Do you have a lesson, a takeaway, or a story from the episode that you'll like to share with other people? I would love to know. Let me know your thoughts of your favorite moments and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform or help text on my IG at The 7 Figure Boss. And if you're still here, thank you. Thanks for being a part of my mission to educate young girls and women about financial freedom. I do it so they know that they can have it all and create it all by themselves. If you enjoyed this conversation, 
please help me to reach out to more people. And as always, go out and remember, make million dollar choices.